So it's not really a secret, at least around the office, but I've told this to uh, different groups in the church, even this year, that my favorite Christmas song uh, is God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. And the, my favorite version of that song is actually a medley between that song and the Christmas carol that we sang this morning, uh, We Three Kings of Orient Are. Uh, in the, the medley of the song that I really like, the Sarah McLaughlin, a, a Canadian singer, sings sort of this beautiful um, version of, of, this, of, the, uh, of the We Three Kings part. And as we were driving to the airport to uh, prepare for our trip last week, um, the, we were listening to the radio, and, and, and the version that I like of this song came on, and I made mention on Sunday afternoon that this might be one of the last times we get to listen to this song for the season. Now, my precocious older son, who uh, apparently listened to the sermon last week, said, now, Dad, um, you said that Christmas starts on Christmas and it goes all year round, so we can listen to it any time of the year if we want to. And so I acknowledge that he is correct. Uh, we should listen to the spirit of Christmas songs year-round. And so if you hear us humming, O oh, star of wonder, star of night, star of royal beauty bright, you'll know it's because uh, someone listened to the Christmas sermon. But that is the spirit of this morning's sermon as well. It's the spirit of that refrain, of that, that, that song that we sang together um, that I enjoy so much. These wise men, these magi, we read about them in Matthew chapter 2, and uh, one person or, or, or one skit jokingly said the magi used uh, GPS. They were going places by star, and they found Jesus when they got there. They went to see Jesus, the child, the king that has come, and when they arrived, they brought the best gifts that they had for him. And so this morning, as we read along, we can pay attention to the fact that everyone follows something. These magi followed God's light. They followed the Lord's star. Herod follows something much different. And let's consider those and consider what we are following as we turn to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2 and read verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They were asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising. We have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all of the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it was written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appear, appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. 
When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had been seeing at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They knelt down and paid him homage. And then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thinking about a star up in the sky makes me think of spotlights. As a child, I don't know if it was because of where I lived or where we went on vacation, I remember spotlights up in the sky being a big deal. It could be that I'm just remembering a couple of trips we took to Orlando when we lived in Miami. We had a you know, state, uh, state residence pass to Disney World and we were able to go a couple times for really cheap. But I have this clear memory of being a kid looking out the car window and seeing the spotlights, trying to draw people into them. Without a, a device or a, a video player in the headrest like our kids have, you had to look out the window and seeing a spotlight was interesting, just like billboards were, right? Now, there was one time when we chased the spotlight. I don't remember where we were. I don't remember who was driving. I don't remember what the significance was of this particular time that we decided to go see where that light was coming from. But I suspect it was maybe in Orlando. And we, we went to the spotlight. And as you can imagine, when we got there, it was quite disappointing. I I remember being let down in the same way that Ralphie was when he found out that Little Orphan Annie's decoder ring was really just an Ovaltine commercial. I remember being let down thinking, this is what the spotlight was for. And as best I remember, when we got to where the spotlight was, it was a putt-putt course. And I thought... Really? A putt-putt course needs a spotlight. I suppose there is a lesson there, a lesson that that ties into the Magi and, and to Herod, because oftentimes the lights that emanate from the ground or, or from below or from our own world or from our own desires, maybe they fail to deliver on promises more often than other lights, like, say, the Lord's light. I suppose that in life, it's, if, if we see that God is offering a light and we choose to follow a different one, we probably will be disappointed, won't we? But the Magi, in following the Lord's light today, were not in any way disappointed at all. I love reading this story. It, it, it's one that sort of always delivers and it, it never disappoints. It's not as familiar as those King James Version words, and it came to pass that Caesar Augustus called a census. But it, but it does always sort of deliver with intrigue and interest. And this morning, it does because these wise men, these seers, these magi, these strange, strange men from the Orient follow a star 
And we trust that they follow a star that was given to them by, by God. Now, I don't know that, it, that they didn't really show up probably when Jesus was lying in the manger. A lot of people depict, the, those who in the know depict Jesus as being a toddler when they show up to bring these gifts. But they follow the light of God's lead and they bring significant gifts to this child. The value of their gifts is in relation to the value which they place on this child as well. This is what kings did for one another. This is how they curried favor with one another. But they brought good gifts, gold of earthly value that, that, that represents Jesus' kingship and rule on earth. Frankincense, an incense that's a symbol of a deity. And, and myrrh, an embalming oil that is in some ways a symbol of death, but is very valuable. And all three of these strange gifts from what must have been strange men coming from the East are given to this child of humble means and his mother, Mary, who we trust is still treasuring all these things in her heart, right? But, but a couple of things are interesting about this. Of course, they follow the light, which is where we're going to get to in a second, but it's not just that they follow the light, it's who they were. These are odd gifts, but they're given to Jesus by outsiders. Think about that for a second. These men are from far away. They don't understand uh, Judaism and what's going on there. They don't know where to find the baby Jesus. They don't know the prophecies that the Jews would have and did know. But these outsiders saw a light from the Lord and they followed it. They followed it to where God was leading them. They were overjoyed when they got to where God had led them. And though they then offered significant gifts that others may have found to be strange gifts for a child, none of you gave us frankincense when our babies were born, they followed God's light and something happened and it was good. Herod, on the other hand, does like almost exactly the opposite. Now, Herod, Herod the First, or Herod the Great, as he is known, um, is, is particularly devious in this passage. And of course, you can read on and see how and why in the verses that follow verse 12. But Herod had done many good things for the, the Jews of his region that he was king over. But this story is not one of them. He had connections to Rome. He was a political authority. And he was known for uh, building things and, and, and great big building projects. He actually built the second temple, rebuilt it and expanded it for the people. But the thing is, if Herod was really like really in tune to his faith, he would not have had to ask, hey, uh, where is the king of the Jews going to come from? Because he would have known the prophecy. He consulted those around him, and they all said, well, of course, the, the king of the Jews is coming from Bethlehem, the city of David. 
And so we're Herod, a practicing Jew and not just a ceremonial Jew who, who probably converted to curry favor with the people he ruled and who probably showed up the equivalent of Easter and Christmas only. He would have known, but, but he didn't. Herod was an insider who didn't know. Herod was an insider who couldn't see the light and the star. Sure, he had built a temple for the people. And yes, he was generous and known for these great grand building programs that everybody rejoiced in and celebrated over in Jerusalem. But he missed the light. He missed what God was doing. And so maybe a simple, obvious lesson for us about Herod is that regardless of of status or title or attendance or circumstance, If you're not looking for the light, if you're not looking to where God might be leading, you're probably not going to find what it is God wants you to see. For us as Christian people, we can uh, speak with the appropriate religious language. We can attend as much as we would like to. We can have all the means and the power in the world if we want it. But if the lights that we follow come from the wrong place, we're not going to get to where it is we want to go. And in contrast to Herod, sharp contrast to Herod, a band of outsiders, uh, a magi from the east, from the orient, foreigners, wanderers, they would have been in this case considered immigrants of sorts. They saw the light. And so if we follow where the light of God leads, we will arrive at significance. We will see the Lord. The lesson from the Magi is to ignore the other lights and follow the Lord's light. The the lesson from Herod is to don't follow the light that emanates from inside. The light of fear. The light of power. In his first sermon from the year 2000, the uh, Reverend Peter Gomes, who was the minister at the the Memorial Church at Harvard University, uh, preached these words for the first Sunday of the new year. He said, as I cast about in my mind to take for the first Sunday of a new year a text, I must say that I had not one second's struggle, not one moment of doubt, that I spend not not one minute thumbing through the prayer book or the concordance or the lectionary. He said, there is only one text for the New Year's Sunday, and I have chosen it. These verses from Paul in Philippians chapter 3. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I think Reverend Gomes is right. In almost every way, there is no other text, or at least no other spirit with which to look at the text than that one. Putting everything else behind, we move forward. We strain forward. And if I can mix the text a little bit, following the Lord's light. Culturally, today, we set resolutions. Tomorrow and the next day, The gym on Main Street will be more full than it normally is. 
We will try to act differently. We'll start the new year differently. But as Christian people, will we follow the Lord's light differently this year? Will we strain forward to what is ahead in Christ Jesus? Will we let the other lights in our life that want us to look at them and follow them, will we let them fade away into the background and follow closely and carefully the Lord's light that leads us? I hope we will. But of course, how do we do this? Do we, like the Magi, put on our clothes and start wandering westward towards a star and hope that one shows up? You know, it's, that's not what we do. It's simpler than that. It's not that dramatic. We simply start with the spiritual practices that we know lead us to the Lord, don't we? We take time to pray. We take time to be with God. We spend time reading Scripture. We gather with others to study and think about Scripture. We engage in Christian fellowship. And of course, we gather for worship. Right? When we engage in all of those things, when we do all of those things, that is the way that we embody the spirit of the Magi and discern the light of the Lord. And once we can see that, then we have a chance to follow it. In these ways and in others, if we are patient and we look out outward to where the Lord is leading us and not inward to what it is that we are worried about or thinking about or our own goals and desires, we then will see the Lord's light and the other lights might fade away, leaving the brightest star, the one of the Lord's, to carry us forward. I think this is what we want together. I think this is what you want. That's why you're here. And I know it is what I want for the year and the seasons that lie ahead. The title of that Christmas carol that we sang is We Three Kings of Orient Are. And the sentiment from this morning is the spirit of that refrain which we sang twice. O star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Today, I think we can be a people like those magi. We can seek the new king and we can long to be close to Jesus because we need to feel his power and his love and his grace and his forgiveness and his hope. We need it. But we also know where and how to find it. And when we do, the light of the Lord will lead us. The light of God's love will show us the way and so look up and out like the Magi did. Don't look in like Herod did. Look out and look to the Lord, and you and I will both be guided by his perfect light. Shall we pray? Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for this day, and we give you thanks for all of the ways that you reach into us, all of the ways that you promise to guide us and to be with us, and Lord, we give thanks today that we too can be like the Magi and look to your light and follow your light. Lord, help us to, to, to tune our eyes and our ears towards you, to turn our eyes to you and to follow your light. 
to follow it well, and in doing so, may we sense your love and your grace and your strength and your peace for this day and for each day that lies ahead. This, O Lord, is our prayer that we offer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and King, today on his epiphany. Amen.